Have you ever felt like you were being followed? You are walking home from school and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and you instantly stop walking while you nonchalantly peer over your shoulder. But you find no one there. You then begin to talk to yourself, trying to calm yourself down, reassuring yourself that you're being silly. But that doesn't stop you from breaking out into a run in hopes of losing your would-be stalker. And trying to get home just that much faster wouldn't be such a bad idea. Logically, you know you weren't being followed, but there was very little you could tell your subconscious to convince it otherwise. You just pray that the next time you feel this way, your intuition is just as wrong again. Good evening and welcome to Small Town Shadows. I'm your host, Victoria, and I am here to weave you a tale that is sure to send shivers down your spine. This week's episode was shared with me by a fan of Small Town Shadows. You can tell me your tales via the form on my website. The link is in the description section below. And just maybe, your story will be the next episode. As always, the following account is based on real events. However, the names and locations have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. Please keep in mind that these narratives are not for the faint of heart and may frighten or disturb you. But now, before you get too comfortable, you should go turn off your lights. It's time to relax, clear your mind, and sip some tea as I take you to the small town of Brighton, Newfoundland. Sharon Wilson were thrilled when they found a house that wasn't only big enough for their whole family, but well within their budget. They knew moving across the country was going to be tough on everyone, especially their 13-year-old son, Blaine, who had just started grade 9 and was made the captain of the hockey team. But both fortunately and unfortunately, Sharon was offered an incredible job opportunity at Green Bay Hospital, making the decision to move an easy one. Blaine and his siblings had put on a brave face for their parents, but even seven-year-old Andrea was sad to say goodbye to her friends. Scott promised them more friends and more fun stuff to do once they moved to Brighton. Andrea and her nine-year-old sister Cherise accepted this promise easily and said goodbye to their friends without a second thought. Dennis, the 11-year-old, and Blaine had a slightly tougher time saying goodbye to their friends and hockey teammates. But again, Scott reassured them that life would be even better out in Brighton. At the end of the day, the Wilson family was moving, whether the children agreed to it or not. So they decided to make the most of it and embrace their new adventure with smiles on their faces. And soon enough, after a few weeks' time, the Wilson family had settled comfortably into their new home, oblivious to how misguided Scott's promises truly were. 
Blaine jolted upright in his bed. Confused and still half asleep, he opened his heavy eyes, trying to recall what had woke him. Then he heard it again, crying. Was it Andrea again? Or maybe it was Charisse this time. It sounds louder tonight. Blaine quickly jumped out of bed and headed to his little sister's room. If he could console her before Dad woke up, then he wouldn't have to tell Mom. Mom was working the night shift, and every time one of the girls complained about nightmares or Dad reported Charisse was sleepwalking again, Mom felt worse and worse about making the family move. Shh, Andrea, it's okay. Shh, you're okay. Blaine sat down on Andrea's bed and scooped her up in his arms. You're okay, I'm here. There's nothing to be scared of. Andrea looked up at Blaine with huge, watery eyes. She was still sniffling, but she curled up in Blaine's arms, allowing him to comfort her. The tall man just keeps staring at me, she whimpered. Shh, you're okay, he's gone now. Blaine whispered in her ear. No, he's not. Andrea looked up at Blaine, confused. She then slowly lifted her tiny finger and pointed at the dark corner in her bedroom. Bang! Suddenly, the door slammed shut. Both Andrea and Blaine jumped. The dim light creeping through underneath the bedroom door was obscured by a shadow that passed by. Andrea! came a soft whisper from the other side of the door. Dennis then slowly pushed the door open. Andrea, are you awake? Blaine quickly announced himself so as to not startle Dennis. She's okay. I'm here with her. Sorry, I think the wind or something must have swung the door closed. He lied, knowing full well that there was no cause for wind in the house. Oh, okay. I'm going to go back to bed then and Dennis left Andrea's room to return to his own bedroom. Do you want me to sleep in here with you, Andrea? Will that make you feel better? Andrea vigorously nodded her head, and the two cuddled up, Blaine squeezing his little sister close as they both drifted back off to sleep. Blaine had an uneasy sleep as his dreams were filled with strange figures, screaming children, and a man who just stood there, staring at him, doing nothing but watching him as he lay helpless on his sister's bed. Andrea seemed to always forget about what had happened during the night by the time she awoke in the morning. Blaine tried asking her about the man she saw, but she always acted confused. He couldn't tell if she honestly forgot or felt safer in the day and didn't want to think about it, so lying was better. It wasn't until Scott heard Cherise fall down the stairs one night while sleepwalking that the parents even realized Blaine had taken to letting Andrea sleep in his room for the past few weeks. I don't understand. She had a nightmare that someone was in her room, so your solution is to just have her not sleep in her own room? Scott was frustrated. He was losing sleep over the night terrors that were plaguing his children, and this night in particular was a bad one for Charisse. 
How about we just have both girls share a room? Then you can have your own room back, and we can turn Andrea's room into an office or a playroom or something. Your teachers keep sending home notes that you're doing poorly in school. Well, now I know why. You're not sleeping because you're taking care of your sisters. Why didn't you tell us you were waking up every night because of them? After much back and forth, the father and son agreed to move Andrea's bed into Charisse's room and that they would turn Andrea's room into an office space for Blaine to focus on his homework. I'm sorry you felt like you couldn't tell your mother or me about Andrea. You're a good son and a great brother, but your studies need to be just as important to you. Promise me that the next time one of the girls accidentally wake you, you'll wake me up to help them. Scott hugged his son and put the girls back to bed in their new joint room. Blaine then crawled under his covers and soon drifted off to sleep, feeling for the first time in weeks comfortable in his own bed. Dennis crumpled up yet another piece of paper he had been writing on, huffing and muttering under his breath while he did his school project. Do you have any more paper? He turned to Blaine, who was sitting at the desk doing homework as well. Dennis had just crumpled up the last page in his notebook and realized too late that he had run out. No, I gave you what I had already. Stop interrupting me. This is really hard and you're distracting, Blaine said through gritted teeth. Dennis took the hint, gathered his school books, and left the room, closing the door behind himself, leaving Blaine to study in peace. Blaine scribbled down another equation on his scrap paper, solved for the answer, realized it was wrong, erased, and tried again. Solved for the wrong answer again, erased again, and tried yet again. He banged his head against the desk in frustration. He had been going at it like this for over an hour now, and he felt like he was learning less and less, all the while his anger and frustration were growing exponentially. That does look difficult. I wonder if everyone struggles to learn it like you are. A quiet voice whispered, looking over Blaine's shoulder. Shut up, Dennis! Blaine erased the answer he got yet again and once again tried to solve it. Snap! The tip of the pencil broke. Blaine swore something he made sure never to do in front of his parents, but he didn't care if Dennis heard him. Maybe it would be better if you just gave up. Would anyone even care? It's not like anyone really pays attention to you all that much. Dennis, I swear to God! Blaine swiveled around in his chair, ready to lunge at his younger brother, rage pulsing through his veins, his fists balled up and his nails making indents in his palms. Shut the fuck! Blaine's voice died in his throat. The room was empty. The door was closed. Blaine faltered, quickly darting his eyes all around the small office, looking for Dennis to be hiding when suddenly he heard his brother's laugh far in the distance. 
he slowly made his way to the window, and there in the backyard, 40 yards away, was his brother playing with his little sisters. The sun drifted behind a cloud, illuminating Blaine's reflection on the windowpane. Blaine caught his breath, frozen in place, his stomach dropped, and his palms began to perspire. His reflection wasn't alone. A man stood behind Blaine, well over six feet tall, dressed in a buckskin suit, wearing a fur-lined hat and a rabbit's foot on a chain around his neck. His mouth was in a grin spread unnaturally wide across his face, but his eyes, his eyes were pitch black and haunted. Blaine whirled around to confront the intruder, but there was no one there. Tune in next Friday at 6 p.m. to hear who this mysterious intruder is and what will happen to the Wilson family. This episode of Small Town Shadows is brought to you by Deerling Blends. There is simply nothing better than cozying up to watch your favorite TV show while sipping on a delicious, piping hot cup of tea. And what could be better than an all-organic, sustainable tea brand that gives back to charity with every purchase? There's nothing not to love about Deerling Blends. Check out their website for old favorites and fun new teas. But now, back to Newfoundland. I'd love to hear what, or who, you think is terrorizing the Wilson children. And what do you suppose will happen in the Wilson home next week on Small Town Shadows? Tell me your thoughts, theories, and experiences in the comments section below. And be sure to subscribe so that you can be properly spooked every Friday night. And on that note, sleep tight. And don't forget to check under your bed for any lurking guests. <laughs>